three, two, one. Hello everyone, once again I'm joined by Adam and Adam runs and owns a site called Heat Geek. I've got that right, haven't I Adam? You have. And we're here today to talk about MCS. Now I've obviously done lots of, kind of lots of shows on MCS, uh, MCS with my sponsor season two, but Adam is going through uh, the process of joining MCS, so I thought it'd be a good idea to discuss what that is uh, like, what it entails. We get a lot of chatter on the social media. I'm on Twitter about MCS. Um, that obviously there's some installers uh, that, are, that are considering it. So this this might be a beneficial episode for them. So Adam, when when did you sort of undertake or start to think about doing MCS? Um, I mean, it's always been there as a possibility, but because I'm always sort of either doing either a different training course or I'm trying to improve my website or, you know, all uh, installs will relate with this. Um, it's just finding that time to, to focus on that thing. So it's always been on the to-dos. Um, uh, it's just more recently, we've got more help in the office and uh, some more engineers that sort of enabled us the time to um, devote to it. So that's a key point. You've got people in an office, haven't you? I mean, I'm getting uh, inquiries from sole traders who are, who I would consider very, very good engineers yes. um, who are enthusiastic about this sort of uh, transition. I mean, I say transition to sort of things like heat pumps. I mean, it's always been there. It's just, it's got more fervor. And they're very, very enthusiastic. They want to get involved. They are worried that for themselves as a sole trader, the paperwork side of it is going to impede them a bit. I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's all Chinese whispers. Um, uh, there's there's this thing going around uh, that's been going around for ages that um, oh it's only for companies with uh, loads of office bods, um, and it's an absolute nightmare. Um, and I think most of the people saying this, in my experience, are people that haven't been through it. Um, and having been the other end, uh, it's it, I mean it part of it is like that, um, but it's it's just slightly different. So what what we found is the application process is a lot of work. I mean, that is just office, office, office. It's mental, the amount you've got to go through. Uh, the different things, you overlapping schemes you've got to join that are doing the same thing, blah, blah, blah. But once you're at the other end, the actual maintenance and following the procedures, anyone could do that. I mean, it's things that um, you would expect any half-decent engineer to do anyway. And I can't see why one-man band wouldn't be able to do it. When you say the application process, just sort of go through that a little bit more in detail. So to become MCS, you have to be a member of um, um, sort of uh, a REC or um, uh, what's the other one they uh, suggest? Um, oh, it begins with an H, does it? Oh, I know which one you mean. H -O oh, yeah, no. Um, and, uh, so there's that. Um, you've got to get certain insurances in place um, uh, and you have to set up your QMS, your quality management system. Um, uh, and that can be very daunting. Uh, um, and, and in order to comply with MCS, you, you have to kind of un understand all their documents. So that part, that's you, you need. To, if if I was a like a self-employed engineer and I didn't have any staff, um, you'd want to set aside a week or two um, uh, just to do that, really. Um, so it's a heavy investment at the beginning. And in fact, actually, you couldn't even do just set a week or two aside because you've got to apply for these things. Uh, and then the application's got to come back. And then, yeah, yeah, I've got the rec or, or whatever you want to use. Then you can go through to the next bit. So you kind of want to stagger days here and there just for the application. So the application's the hard bit. But I think it's entirely worth it. I think this is going to ensure the best quality uh, of install. Um, yes, it's a lot of paperwork. Um, but... Uh, if you've got someone who can get through this, um, you're not going to have uh, an idiot at the other end putting it in, hopefully. Um, uh, but I'll go on to that in a bit because that is, um, you know, I'm, as much as I kind of have come round to the MCS idea, there is a lot of uh, holes as well. Now, yeah, we're going to talk about a uh, bottleneck that you kind of discovered. We'll talk about that uh, later in the programme. So I just want to keep coming back to this idea of paper now rec for those that don't know is kind of the consumer protection sort of organization that you have to be part of uh, to become part of mcs now as far as i know the last time i spoke with ian who's the ceo of mcs the rec and mcs are kind of joined together now whether that's just for the membership fee i think back in the day 
you would probably have to uh, sign up as, as a member and pay a membership fee to rec individually and then another individual fee to MCS. I think that's been, co that's been co joined. I'm not sure. Has it for you? Was, it, was that the experience for you, Adam? No, we had to pay them individually. Now, I wonder why that, I wonder if that's you, you, you applied sort of as they were transitioning over to that. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll talk Maybe. I, I know that we did apply as MCS was becoming um, much more simple. So, this is another thing. Uh, it, there is this um, uh, rumor going around that it's you know incredibly difficult, uh, difficult to um, become MCS, etc. But they have simplified it hugely. In fact, when you go through it, they actually talk about the documents that they've redacted and that you don't, uh, you no longer need to sort of follow those procedures, um, which does make it more wordy, annoyingly. But uh, it also makes you appreciate, oh, it could have been a lot worse. Um, so yeah, it has been simplified. I mean, I know that was one of the main things they were working on. I mean, if anyone's ever met Ian, who is the CEO of uh, MCS, he's such a wonderful, wonderful person. He really is. I mean, don't get me wrong. MCS is quite a complex um, entity in its own right. It's got a, a, in its background, it has a charity as well. Um, I know people that used to work for MCS in the past. You know, it is complex. There's a variety of stakeholders involved. Um, but Ian, I know Ian is very, very uh, passionate about moving in the right direction. He's a, he's a lovely fellow. I don't envy their job at all. Um, they've got the installers on one side saying it should be easier. And then they've got people, the same people, the installers on the, on the same side saying we want a higher standard. So, you know, you can't make it easier and make it higher standards at the same time. It's, it's just a very hard job. So, so do we, do, can we, for the listener, who, or for the engineer listener who's, who's maybe considering this, so can we... So what we're saying is that the initial application process can still be quite uh, paperwork bound, but once you've got through that, then and, and become MCS, then the sort of process is going to be a lot more easier for oh, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there are things out there, you know, like Easy MCS and stuff like that that can even really help with the office end and actually make even the application process very simple. But once, once you're through the application process, you have to follow your QMS, the quality management system. Now, um, uh, what that basically means, you, you've got two types of customers, uh, customer journey one and customer journey two. I won't go into too much detail, um, but it basically means uh, it's a different way of selling. So one might be distance selling or one that you've been out to see uh, follows a different journey. Basically, they get different types of paperwork. Um, uh, but there are things we should be sending out anyway, like cancellation um, uh, agreements and things like that, you know, the thing to conform with the EU um, uh, distance selling regulations, stuff like that, stuff we should be doing. So actually, for us, this was making us catch up really, really where we should have been. Um, uh, and it was putting stuff in place that actually, yeah, we, you know, to conform with any, with the law in general, we should have been doing. So you have to uh, send for different types of jobs, different um, uh, information out. And, and the way we, uh, you can use Easy MCS, which take you through this, it does it all for you. Um, uh, for a self-employed engineer, it would be, it just make, make the whole process very easy. I wanted to learn it and understand it. I didn't just want to follow a program and, um, uh, and just assume it was doing it right and did not really know what I was doing. So I wanted to digest it more personally. So what I did was, was went through it and I just made folders on my desktop. I made a, um, a QMS folder. And inside that I had heat, so I, we did it for heat pumps. You have to get, um, uh, you have to apply for different technologies. So we got heat pumps as a technology inside of thermals a technology. So I got a ground source folder, an air source folder, and a solar thermal folder. And in each of those, I've got journey one or journey two. Uh, and then essentially for every job that comes in through the, through the door, all as I do is, um, uh, copy one of those folders and re rename it as um, that address. And then I just have to make, I know I just have to complete the paperwork inside that folder. So I think easy MCS is like 500 pound a year or something. So um, that's going to pay back in the first year, I would think. Um, and if, if you do something like that, because they've simplified the MCS, um, it makes the whole lot, the whole sort of procedure a lot, a lot more simple. Um, but if you wanted to do that, you would have to read through it to make sure that you've um, kind of covered it. Actually, I think we've, we've talked about doing a little video on what we've done to, uh, for YouTube. So, um, oh, that would be handy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's essential kind of what you have to do. And then so for each job, you'll just have like five or six things you, you need to fill out. Um, and in fact, actually, uh, most heat pump uh, manufacturers or, or solar thermal or whatever 
will help you do your yield calculations or your uh, heat loss calculations. But if you've got them in this folder for this um, for the customer, and we send them a link to the folder, uh, so they they've just got um, remote access. Um, uh, and say you have to do a yield calculation to to this, you know uh, show the customer how much uh, energy they might yield from solar, for example. Um, I rather than filling that out, it, it, you get a template on MCS. Is MCS do templates for everything? Um, you can just contact the solar manufacturers and say, "Look, help me out here," and then you swap that file with the one that they send over. So um, yeah, the the application process can be made a lot. Uh, uh, the maintenance process can be made a lot easier by um, getting help from the people you're buying the kit from. That's what they're there for at the end of the day. And you guarantee, you know, you've got a kind of a recourse if anything is wrong. Well, that's a, that seems interesting. Can you just explain this journey one, journey two, just for a listener again? Um, I, I, I'm not actually 100%. I, I think it's just distance regulations. So, oh, um, right. um, so one would be, um, uh, so say we're based down here in, in Camberley, Mitchett. Um, uh, and we, someone wanted a um, an installation in um, I don't know in, in London, and we couldn't get out, but we wanted to give them a, a, an estimate type thing, um, uh, just off you know information we've been sent via email, um, because that's a distance selling thing. Uh, you have to just send them slightly different paperwork. I believe that's the only difference. Um, I, I wasn't actually fully in charge of setting all of this up. Uh, we had someone in the office, like I say, um, who uh, who knows a bit more about it than me. See, one of the things MCS was originally engendered for was to prevent, I think, the mis-selling of these types of products, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few things that I don't agree with with the way MCS runs. Um, so I'm not going to blow smoke up their ass all, the, all throughout this thing. Um, like, for example, in, in their document, MCS 001-1, well, first of all, why are we calling documents 001-1? Why don't we just use, you know, human terms? Uh, we're not robots. They need to make it more accessible. Like there's no, there's no need for uh, um, stuff like that. It just overcomplicates over things unnecessarily. It's got um, a statement here. It says, it shouldn't matter who actually undertakes the work if the systems and procedures are clear and they are followed. This, for me, really under, underlines an innate issue in our industry. And, and a lack of respect for the installers and engineers. Uh, they're basically saying, if your office is good enough, don't worry about the person putting it in. That is just such the antithesis of the reality. Like it should be the complete opposite of that. It should be, don't worry about the paperwork as long as the person who's doing, the last person to touch that uh, knows what they're looking at. Um, uh, and and it, it even goes down into training. So um, the government obviously want more heat pump installers, so they put, more um they're trying to get more heat pump courses out there and subsidizing them etc etc again they're just focusing on the technology the real understanding that's needed in our industry uh, isn't for the specific technologies they're actually not too complicated it's the integration it's the hydronics and, uh, and hydraulics of the system um uh, that needs education if you've got a good understanding of hydraulics the little technologies that you add on to that are, are easy um so uh yeah sorry just a bit of a run there but um uh, and actually uh, as you're aware we've um recently uh, we were i spoke about it on the last podcast we, we were actually recently awarded that um uh, that that grant to, to uh, offer a course for this so now we've got some staff working on that and we'll have a course on hydraulics um uh, probably available in the next couple of months yeah that's that's good that's good news like, like you say, I mean, yeah, there's some, there's some fantastic manufacturer uh, courses out there, but they don't tend to, well, A, uh, they, it's a horrible thing to say because there's some beautiful, wonderful people involved with these manufacturers, but their number one remit is sales. Uh, it always has been, it always will be. I don't, you know, you can't get away from that. That's what a business does. Um, I mean, talk, talking about sales, I mean, I, I know there's one in store who's so super passionate, very, very, very clever very very competent he's uh he's really wanting to get more into renewables he, he he's done renewables he, uh obviously not through mcs you know not through any grant system he's even worked i think with a few umbrella systems the problem he comes up with with umbrella systems and an umbrella system for, for a listener is, is a company that has the mcs accreditation and then they can use that clause that adam's just mentioned they can get anyone then to go and do the install 
under the umbrella scheme. And the trouble is he feels constrained because he'll go and look at a property and think, oh, that would really suit this particular model or this integration. And mm -hmm. he's constrained because you'll find that some schemes will only want to work with one uh, manufacturer, for instance. Uh, they won't allow you to sort of go off and do bespoke design. And because he wanted to include, he had a customer that really, really was enthusiastic about solar thermal. Um, and, but he couldn't incorporate it because the umbrella scheme he was working under didn't want to know. They just wanted to have an air source put in. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, that's sad because you've got these wonderful, passionate super engineers out there who, who understand probably a little bit more than the average uh, installer and can integrate solar thermal with, with heat pumps. And they're, um, they're getting stifled a little bit by the umbrella scheme. So he's very passionate. He wants to go MCS and on. The, the, these intelligent installers are more likely to be self-employed and not employed by someone because they're, you know, they're a bit more, um, uh, they've got a bit more value to give. So, you know, these are the people that need support in these individual um, uh, sort of engineers. And it's just worth noting on this as well, as part of this application process, uh, and we know because we're, we're obviously doing it at the moment, um, uh, you can get a, um, an engineer who's got his BPEC in heat pumps or, or whatever. You can employ him for that one day that the inspector comes in and then you can say bye to him and never see him again. You've now got an MCS registered company with no one trained inside the company and you, and you can go around doing installs. It's, yeah. it's, just, um, it's just a bit weird. Um, it's uh, worth just, you've just said something there. It's worth pointing out to the listener. It's, MCS accredits the company. It doesn't accredit an individual does it it's accrediting yeah but you need an individual yeah. you need a yeah. nominated individual for that one moment in time so our one nominated individual actually happened to um move up north um uh about a, a month ago um so in theory we, we've got no one trained up anymore so we've got to put another another engineer through but we're only doing that off our own back we're not we're not doing that um because we're being required to by mcs we can go around and install it under mcs now without that engineer which obviously isn't right, is it? Mm. Mm. Well, I think this is what happened. I mean, the same, the same, the same I'm not going to mention his name. I'm not going to mention the, the manufacturer's name, but the same, the same person I've been chatting to, he knows a very large umbrella company that are only working with one uh, manufacturer. And the rep for that manufacturer obviously loves this umbrella company because they're just buying so many units. And one of his friends had a ground source heat pump put in and it's not working right. It's not, he's gone round and he, he, you know, he's, he's trying to say to his friend, well, you need to contact either the, um, the, the company that put it in and, and, and also the, 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 the manufacturer. And it seems that no one is getting anywhere fast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've obviously seen this with the boiler industry. We've got boiler manufacturers that are involved in heat pumps as well. It could all go a little bit wrong if it just is all about sales, sales, sales. And that's something that I am hearing a little bit about that's concerning. Um, yeah. Now, we, we've got a bottleneck. that, that you, you discovered a, a bottleneck with this whole... Uh, it's, it's to do with the Green Homes Grant. Uh, for any listeners out there, it's, uh, you, know, you, you probably have heard of the RHI, the Renewable Heat Incentive, which is where you could get money... Um, to, to have a, an installation. We've now got the Green Homes Grant. And Adam kind of discovered a bit of a bottleneck. Now, if you describe Adam, and then I might describe how I... Because it, it can, it can yeah. sound quite complex, can't it? Well, we, we've had... I mean, we're part of... We're, we're a direct result of this problem. Um, uh, so, previously, with the RHI, which is where you get paid uh, a certain amount of pence per kilowatt hour you, of renewable heat you've generated, um uh, ongoing um with that you you can make your first installation uh your application installation which they come out and inspect you on because they have to inspect at least one install before they fully uh, onboard you with mcs so um yeah normally we just put an install in and he'd come out uh, the inspector would come out and he'd look at that install and say that's fine and tick us off and put us through um, and, and that's worked previously because, uh, you know, as soon as someone wants to become MCS, they can become MCS. However, with the Green Homes Grant, um, what's happened is uh, customer, with the Green Homes Grant, you get basically get £5,000 towards your installation or up to £10,000 if you're on some benefits. Um, all customers, no one's going to turn down the, the five grand up front. So all customers want the five grand. Uh, however, to 
be able to offer the Green Homes Grant, you need to be Trustmark registered. Why that is, I don't know, because they're not adding anything on top of MCS. It, it's just um, an absolute waste of everyone's time, in my opinion. But, um, uh, and for that, you can't use your first installation as your inspection. So what's happened is everyone is now trying to claim RHI, but on top of that, claim, uh, claim the Green Homes Grant. Um, and it's actually stopped all installers, new applicants, being able to be on, become onboarded on MCS. So it's driven up the demand of installs and it's stopped the supply of new ins, uh, installers onboarding on MCS because they can't get their first install. So we've um, had to actually um, purchase a heat pump ourselves that we're installing in, in the office here, um, which I can't imagine is the situation most self-employed uh, um, engineers would be in. Uh, so we'll install that and then the inspector will come out here and then he'll onboard us with uh, Trustmark and MCS and then we can start offering all the other backlog of customers that we've got because this has slowed us down so much. So um, I hope that was succinct. Well, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it as well as well because it is quite an important yeah. point too. So what we're, what we're saying is that even if, let's say I, let's say I wanted to now become MCS, <laughs> not that I want to get back on the tools, trust me. Uh, let's say I want to come, become MCS. Most of the customers I meet now are going to want to uh, utilize the Green Homes Grant because they're getting this money. So to become MCS, I obviously do all my paperwork bit. And then the sort of the last part to onboard onto MCS is I have to do an installation and it has to be audited and assessed by MCS. And if they think it's okay, they'll give me a tick and away I go. Now, the trouble is... Because my customer now, uh, the first job, I'm, I'm looking around, I, I need a first job so that, that I can get audited. Now, the customer is very likely to want to use the Green Homes Grant. I can't do a Green Homes Grant unless I'm Trustmark. And I can't get Trustmark unless I'm already MCS. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I can't get my MCS. Uh, no, I can't get Trustmarked unless you're already MCS'd and I can't get MCS because it's very unlikely now. I mean, back before, before the green home grant, it was okay because, uh, you just use your first installation. Yeah. Every customer wanted the RHI and that was your first installation. And you didn't have to belong to another scheme. So this is an interesting bottleneck. Now you just mentioned, you know, why did Trustmark, um, now part of the green heart, the Green Homes Grant isn't just installing uh, heat, heat, heating technology. It's about um, uh, upgrading your installation, for instance. And obviously, other, other trades would do that, like builders and, uh, and inst insulation companies and stuff. So yeah. that's perhaps where this trust mark comes in. You know, they, they wanted uh, to make sure that these companies had um, uh, some credibility behind them. But when it comes to the MCS people, it does seem a little bit nonsensical that they also had to be trust marked. And it, like you say, this bottleneck, what this bottleneck is now doing, it means the big, big boys um, and the big umbrella schemes are okay. But like you say, anyone that really wants to become uh, a, 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 an MCS accredited company, but they're a sole trader, now they're going to struggle. Unless they've got like what you're, you're saying, you've got a workshop and you could use your own workshop. Uh, yeah. No, not a workshop, workshop, is it a showroom? And you could use that as your first installation where MCS will come out and accredit it. And obviously, as you say, most sole traders haven't got that, um, that ability, have they? No, no. Um, and it, it's just, it's more help for the big boys, really, or, or, or those that were already MCS, because it put a barricade up. It drove up demand hugely, obviously, mm, mm. Um, and then put a barricade up to keep everyone who was already in, in, and not let anyone else in. Um, so, uh, but actually, I don't think that um, even the people that are already MCS really like it because they're they get they're getting harassed by uh, customers trying to get on, uh, trying to get an installation in. So um, yeah, it's just all been a bit of a, a disaster as far as I'm. Now concerned. I have I have uh, oh, I'm very fortunate enough to have some very very intriguing listeners within this show, and I know some are very uh, are involved in policy, some of are ex bays. Some are probably even in base. So I'm sure someone, someone somewhere listening will actually know a little bit more about how Trust work Mark works with uh, MCS and maybe start to ask some questions because it is a bit of a problem. Uh, you've got some fantastic engineers out there that are coming up against this bottleneck. And if we need all these heat pumps installed, um, personally, I mean, like I say, I don't know. Personally, I don't think it would be a good idea to install these 600,000 a year, what we're supposed to be doing or 
or whatever the CCC have just announced. But if it was just done by big umbrella companies that have got very, very good affiliate links with uh, manufacturers, because trust me, I've been in this industry long enough to know that's not going to go right. Uh, it will become about all sales and just bugging these things into hundreds. They'll work, don't get me wrong, they'll work and they'll probably save customers money, but they won't be as efficient as they. And I'm not saying we have to get to this ultimate standard of efficiency and do the, you know, we, it's, but you know, we don't want to be just chucking them in. And I, I am seeing that and I am hearing that that is happening. Absolutely. I mean, when, you've, when you're sort of um, farming out this work uh, via the big companies, the end uh, installer is just seeing numbers, you know, you get this much for putting it in this house and he's just seeing numbers, he's trying to bash them out, get, leave them behind. When you've got uh, the whole customer journey is a personal journey from the customer to the engineer or between the customer and engineer, that engineer feels a lot more responsible to leave a much better mark behind him because it's also his reputation. So you're always gonna end up with more passion and more effort uh, and more attention to detail with a direct relationship between an engineer um, or, or a small company uh, and a customer. The minute you break up that with this corporate nonsense, um, uh, you're going to lose passion. In, installers that have got, you know, I can maybe try and get 10 heat pumps in this week. That means I've got this much money. It just becomes about the numbers, like you say, sales, uh, uh, right the way down the chain. So, um, yeah, just an important point worth making, definitely. Well, I wonder if there's a scheme. So we've talked about Easy MCS. Now, Easy MCS was set up by Simon, who's, who's actually part of Evergreen, who are my sponsors, uh, one of my sponsors. Um, I wonder if there's another scheme that could probably... Uh, come around i don't know that for just specifically for sole traders who maybe mm. haven't got the time for the well, um, I, 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 I would just like to point out that um i, I know that easy MC, when the this is actually a good example when the inspector came out um uh, and he started looking at our office so you get to inspect you get an inspection on your office to make sure your QMS is right and you've got your insurances in place and blah, blah, blah. And you get your in, uh, uh, individual technology inspections. So when he came out and looked at our office um, uh, setup, um, he was incredibly confused. He's like, where, where, what is all this stuff? Where'd you get it from? And I said, it's, it's the MCS template documents. Because um, uh, the documents you need, they're all on the MCS uh, website and they're all templated for you. Very simple. He was so used to seeing easy MCS uh, platform and going, yeah, that's my half an hour visit done. I know it's all right because um, you're using easy MCS and that's, um, that's all correct. We know that's, that's uh, following the procedures properly. Um, uh, he actually had to spend a lot more time with us checking our documents um, and we did tailor them a bit so they didn't, you know, they weren't repeating the same thing and all this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it really, he didn't enjoy our inspection because we actually went through it. Uh, but I think we were one of the first people to go through it after it was simplified. So um, uh, you don't have to use easy MCS. A lot of the complication has been removed. So if someone's tried doing it before and got halfway through and sob this, I'm not going to bother doing this. And then think about doing it again, don't expect the same um, experience. It's, it is a lot more simplified uh, and you don't have to use it's it's i i did not find it complicated at all really it's just time consuming um uh, so yeah um you, you, it, it probably would be handy um having like an easy mcs type thing for one man band i mean the easy mcs thing is really for a one man band you still have to get set up though you have to become the members of the R, uh, recc and then they've got a load of requirements that you have to fulfill to become part of them and blah 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 that's the just slow part but it is it's that that initial pain is worth going through because at the other end um uh, to, to make the installs comply is um you don't need a big office at all so it's that's a simple process once once you're all up and running the paperwork because like, obviously every individual job will have paperwork you're saying that that's kind of okay now. You no well, one needs a back. Maybe, maybe I think it's a, a lot easier because I, I've heard over the last sort of five, ten years what a horrible. How long has mm. that's been going? Oh, don't ask me questions like that, Adam, because I should know. And <laughs> when you get, I don't know the answer to, no. When you get to my age, I forget so much now. <laughs> maybe I think it's super easy because I've been hearing for so many years that it's um, uh, it's such a nightmare. But I, I, don't, I don't know what all the fuss is about. We're supposed to be doing... Well, it was, it was a nightmare. I mean, 
I mean, for, to, to apply for, yeah, I, but even the, I, not a lot's come out of the um, actual procedures for installations. And, you know, we're meant to be um, uh, showing yield expectations and doing a heat loss on the property and showing what size the radiators need to be. That isn't something new. That's not a pain in the ass for the office. That's something we should be doing as, um, uh, 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 as just out of our duty as a, a good engineer. I so, suppose, uh, I suppose one of the, I mean, like a, a very, very good engineer, I'm thinking of Rob Solarflare. Uh, now Rob's been in the game a long long time he's older than me bless him but he knows his stuff he really really does he, he's one of the first around with all this technology and his wife worked full time for his company doing the paperwork for each installation and it, it was very time consuming that but obviously and this was also in a period where he had to do normal installations you know normal gas border installations where he was competing with other engineers you know literally just going out bang 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 and obviously if you've got another uh, heat technology which has taken a lot lot more process like you say it's important that process um, where lots of calculations involved there is a bit more paperwork attached to it well um, I mean I, I would have a slightly different spin on that uh, I went when I first went self-employed I was pretty young actually I was 23 um, uh, I noticed within the first two months this is impractical but I was only gas safe I wasn't uh, doing any renewables installs yeah. I could see already I'm answering the phone too much I shouldn't be going home and doing an email then going out to another job that's inefficient so within six months I got my partner to join me um, Joe um, and um, uh, I, I think I think all our businesses need someone in the office and someone on the uh, doing the installs I mean, things have become a bit easier with the online apps for um, uh, um, sending your invoices and stuff like that, you know, on your phone. Um, but I, I just find it, I, I, I think for every hour on site, there's something I've always said, every hour on site, there's an hour in the, uh, hour in the office. You've always got, and, and the people that say that, you know, they spend, they only work nine till five, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, but how long you spend in the evenings answering uh, phone calls and emails? I like my means to myself with, with my kids. Um, I think that's part and parcel of running a business, not necessarily something that comes with uh, renewable installations. Um, I, I just, you know, and you, you got, you've got your tax and all that sort of stuff to do. Um, so, yeah, I think that's more to do with running a business than um, and the MCS. Yes, it does add a bit, but you can't do a heat pump install without doing a heat loss and sizing your radiators. It's something we have to do anyway, even if you didn't want to be MCS. Mm. If you're not doing that, you shouldn't be installing heat pumps. Well, no, that's a good point. And we've obviously got uh, a, a more of an awareness around low temp heating systems and hydronics now, which is coming out. Um, like I say, you're doing courses. I'm going to be launching my platform in the new year that will tank the tally up with your stuff. Yeah, just um, another point on that, though. Because if, if and when you join the MCS, this is guaranteeing that you're doing these um, extra little bits like heat losses and things like that. So because you're MCS, you can charge more money. That makes up for the time that you're not spending on site. Uh, if, if you're not MCS, there's no guarantee that you're doing all of that stuff. So you can't charge the money or, you know, it's harder to charge the, the good money um, uh, to do the proper job. So um, mm. it does, it's like a, it's a little boys club, essentially. Um, uh, but it's uh, one the, man, the money. The money thing is very interesting. Some people often say, well, not often, but say sometimes they say, well, Nathan, why aren't you out there actually working and doing you know you're quite passionate about the industry good, though, are you? no I'm, I'm bloody useless now, and and if i'm honest and it's a, it's something i've struggled with so uh, there's not a lot that really worries me or phases me in this life you know at 10 years old i was dropped off at heathrow airport i was flown to australia all on my own at 10 uh, i lived in brooklyn for two years i used to have the longest walk home from my local pub where i played darts and people used to say to me why are you walking two miles home at four o'clock in the morning they through brooklyn didn't phase me but you put me in front of a customer where I have to discuss money, I physically, and I know other people will say this, but I physically clamp up. Bearing in mind that lots of the other stuff don't fail. I do not like it. I really, really hate it. And it's why I kind of wanted to get away from that. You know, going around individual people, it's their homes, remember. Going around individual people's houses and asking them. And one of the reasons is because it's starting to get hard because we had 20 years ago, 15 years ago, all these programs about road traders. And I think someone worked out that the BBC that were doing one of these programmes, 80% of it was about plumbers and heating engineers. And our industry got, what happened was, I think, and, and, and luckily I think it's changing. So a lot of people that interact with me on social media are now starting to realise how valuable a plumber heating engineer is if they're good. Because what was happening was they were considering us no different to other trades. Now I've had uh, a customer that, that queried a price who I know had paid more to their carpet fitter for half a day. Mm. And, and I'm thinking to myself, well, 
nothing, no disrespect to carpet fitters at all. I, I don't want to do it, I can't do it. But they do not know, have to know anywhere near the knowledge, the building range, the water range, the stuff we have to know. And you've got customers that will quibble prices. And what's that, what's, and that's been part of the problem. I mean, people talk about cowboy, cowboy uh, tradespeople, but you've got cowboy customers. They want the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest. And in our industry, that's driven prices down. You've got, a, you, you said it the other day, the border is a get out of, the economy border is a get out of education free card. You literally can just dang them on the wall and go and walk away. And the yeah. prices are so, so cheap. Now. And we've got this lack of respect for, you know, a, a heating system is the most complex system in your home, yeah. bar none. And yet, you know, people are, you know, people are quite willing to let every person in their home have a have a mobile phone contract and pay out fortunes for that. But you 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 start to mention thousand, two thousand, three thousand people, someone in their home for that system. They, they mm. and they go what what? And, yeah. <laughs> and I got out of it. I didn't want to be in them debates. I can't. It's not me. Yeah. It really isn't me. No, I, I think like I've thought about this a lot over the years. Um, and obviously, being twenty three, I, I was still a kid, really, in many ways. Uh, that was also very awkward for me, speaking to a, an adult, <laughs> asking him for a few grand. Um, and I, I, recently, I'm in a home now, um, and I've become a buyer. So I'm seeing it from the other side more. And actually, I realised I was actually a little bit like that. I was a bit like nitpicky over small things. And I think there's two journeys. There's a journey the engineer goes on, and I think that's something you either start further back or you start further ahead, but you become hardened to it as you move forward. You learn to say no. Um, uh, when you need to and kind of stick up for yourself and I think you grow and you go on a journey but I also think even more so now there's a customer journey and, um, I, I, and I started right at the very beginning of that customer journey where I was nitpicking and trying to save money here and there and I realise now um, as I've gone through and wasted money doing things you know buy cheap buy twice and now I don't buy I don't look at the cheapest at all um, and that's not based from me working in heating that's based from me just buying stuff from my house and as I bought more and more stuff um, I realised, no, you just got to buy colics. You don't want the headache that later on down the line. I've got busy business to run. I can't spend time, you know, fifth faffing over. I've just bought an awning, actually. It's a good example. I'm not going to go too much into it. But um, uh, I probably should have spent a little bit more money there. But, um, yeah, I think there's there's two journeys. And I think culture is, uh, the, the culture in, in, our, um, uh, in, in our country towards uh, uh, heating engineers specifically is also on a journey. And I think that journey is improving. Thanks yes. to programmes like this and Exposure. Um, uh, um, it's, we were on the radio the other day, you heard us, um, uh, and I think they are coming round. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's um, oh, yeah, an interesting to, topic. I forgot to mention that you were on Radio 4 the, the other day, weren't you? What were yeah. you talking about, just to let our listeners know? Mainly erring and umming, which I've been trying to not do on this one. Um, uh, they were just asking about heat pumps and, and what, what needs to be put in place, and uh, do you need to swap your radiators? And, asking what the myths were and things like that it's it's huge at the moment in fact they, their introduction was saying um uh, basically heat pumps heat pumps heat pumps everyone's talking about heat pumps what are they uh, and what do you need to get one and and they're right yeah everyone is talking about heat pumps it's, it's fantastic so um it it's was, just, it it's just I mean, the best kind of part of this trade isn't it really it is good it's, it's so so i'm so enthused by the because like i say to a, a lot of engineers now say look this is the first time ever in human history that there's so many people watching our industry now. We're being scrutinised by so many different factions. You know, every university will have a, a sustainability department or something, or every let or local authority will have some sustainability department. And there's a lot of people now looking at our industry. What I found interesting, I listened to you live on Radio 4. Now, I've, I've grown up with Radio 4, and my mum and dad were Archer fans. And, but it's, yes, everyone's talking about it. Now, if I'm, I don't know what the inter or who the interviewer was. I can't remember what particular programme you were on. But EM, it was called. If I'm honest, if I'm honest, uh, the, the interviewer, uh, the, the way you, you were obviously very passionate and, and, and saying exactly what you were supposed to say, but yeah, I found it, you're, you, I think there's going to be a lot of media, uh, there's a lot of media coverage around this topic at the moment. And I, and I could, I bet your bottom dollar, if I was to ask that interviewer a couple of questions about heat pumps, literally after he'd interviewed you, he wouldn't have a clue. He, he he kind of asked the questions he wanted the answers to rather mm. than, I had a lot I had stuff written down really important stuff I wanted to get out uh, and yeah no it was a bit of a robotic interview to be honest that, that it, yeah it wasn't very passionate about the subject was he no and it's uh, yeah uh, I mean don't get me wrong when I kind of do do that this particular job obviously my advantage is I know the industry 
So maybe that was it. But um, it's exposure nonetheless, you know. Yes. Uh, and um, uh, and and it is getting people talking and understanding, um, you know, that engineers need to know what they're talking about. And I, I just find it so coincidental and just fantastic that the time this is all coming about is also becoming the best time for us as engineers, i.e., having access to information and sharing all this peer to peer. We're in, we're improving as an industry at an unprecedented rate. I mean, I suppose that's a bit of a rebound from the drop out of the uh, get out of education free cards that we were issued. Oh. Um, uh, but um, uh, it's just it's just so coincidental that we've all of a sudden got access to info information. And I'm just talking about the internet. It's more about um, the social media and these peer to peer groups that have come up where people help each other um, just in time. Uh, everything seems to be sort of mapped out so well. Um, and, and also, you know, uh, as, as your platform is coming out, that's all part and part, part of the same thing. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's all lining up nicely. It is. It's, I'm very optimistic. I mean, you've mentioned, something, <laughs> you've mentioned social media there. And I, I was going to do a separate program about this, but I was going to do it on my own. And I thought, well, listeners don't want to hear me waffle on just on my own. But the social media thing's in, interesting. Now, I'm, I'm coming up for 50, February. Hopefully, I'll be able to have a party if we're not in lockdown. Yeah. Um, I had a very good 40th. Um, social media is funny. It has been around a while now. Now, at my age, I, I, I look at how I use it and I think, oh, crikey, Nathan, that sounded really um, sarcastic or bullshit. Mm-hmm. And what I'm noticing on social media is you're, we're definitely getting this divide now between hydrogen and heat pumps. It's frustrating for me that wants to talk about solar thermal and we need that in the discourse as well. But I... Yeah, I can't change how other people use social media. You can't change. There's loads of cultures with famous sort of gurus that say you can't change the world around people. You can only change yourself. So I kind of, uh, I'm looking at what I do on social media now. And I think, yeah, I haven't been particularly nice to um, the baller camp. If I'm, so we've got these two camps, the baller camp. And for my listeners out there, and I know some of you are super, super passionate about heat pumps and you, you get on social media and you're very, very, sort of very passionate about promoting it. I just want to point out the boiler industry started from very, very good beginnings. It did. I know this for a fact because my granddad was highly involved in that. And it started from very good beginnings. You've got some fantastic people in it. You've still got some fantastic people in it. What happened was, like with everything post-war in the 50s, you know, we talk about things like the white goods industry. Mark, everyone started buying stuff. You know, we're, we're still buying stuff. You know, people started buying irons, fridges, etc., cars. And marketing happened and marketing used lots of clever psychology and that started to happen in our industry and it got to the point where we become the biggest gas boiler industry in the world. Now, what you're going to find is that gas boiler industry isn't just going to all of a sudden hold its hands up and say, okay, yeah, fair cop. We haven't got particularly good technology now. We're going to let you go and, and install all the heat pumps. No, they are fighting. And that's kind of what they're supposed to do. They've got this hydrogen agenda. Uh, mm. there's, there's some aspects of it I don't, um, you know, the internal pipe work, I think, is a major, major problem that they haven't really mentioned. They, they will say it's, um, uh, it's a non-disruptive technology, but internal pipe work, trust me, is, is a heterogeneous nightmare out there. Mm. And however, I think, good, you know, H2 is an interesting thing. It's a very, very interesting element. You know, it's, the, it's what makes our ball of sun, for instance. Um, and I think necessity always uh, engenders, doesn't it, new in- innovation. And I think... So I'm going to personally sort of calm down a little bit how I am with the, with the, the H2 sort of people. Um, I'd like to see that as well, because there is a lot of, I call it bickering, other people might call it debate. There's a lot of, um, yeah, it's a bit... It's, it's, it's very hard to not get um, sucked up in, to be honest. And yeah, when, I've been sucked up. When, when you try and remove yourself from a situation, actually, it's never as straightforward as you think it is. So everyone says uh, uh, hydrogen's obviously a lot more dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. Well, actually, in a lot of ways, it's also a lot more safe. The minute you release a piece of hydrogen into the atmosphere, it shoots up to the outer stratosphere at 35 miles an hour. So it's trying to get out the house as quickly as possible. You don't get that with gas. Gas hangs around. Um, so, you know, and I'm not saying it's safer by any means. Uh, I'm just saying it's different. Um, uh, and, and, and it's just very easy to get sort of lost in these arguments and end up arguing for a, uh, a side when you never actually ended up being part of that side. You ended up actually having started off having more of a, a rounded view. Uh, and as we argue, we kind of argue ourselves into a corner, don't we? I mean, the debates uh, and arguments actually will engender 
innovation. They might, that, that, that's how it usually yeah. works. I mean, there, I mean, there's a particular, I'm not going to mention, but there is a particular uh, organisation within our industry who I've kind of on social media sort of called them out a little bit. And, and once again, I know they've got fantastic people within this organisation, but I've called them out a bit saying, look, you need to, you know, you represent the heating industry. You don't just represent hydrogen. Please talk about heating. Um, but it's, it's funny how you get put into camp because we, you know, as you know, we, we install the hydrogen fuel cells um, more so than anyone else. People automatically think that we're, um, we're, we're banned, banned camp hydrogen. No, not in the slightest. A, I don't have a prep. I mean, it seems to me that heat pumps make more sense, but I, I also wouldn't care if everything overnight was um, magically fixed by hydrogen. I don't, I'm not passionate about it in that way. Uh, and, and the hydrogen boiler works very differently. Um, sorry, the hydrogen fuel cell is not the same as a hydrogen boiler. Yet we're being put in a camp and part of an argument that I'm not interested in. It just seems, yeah, it's, uh, it's this tribal mentality. That's, uh, but I think that's also being noticed. Uh, and I've noticed a few people sort of calm down on their uh, arguments recently. Well, I should do. And I want to apologise to anyone in that sort of boiler industry because they can't, you know, like I say, the gas network industry. I mean, I think it's not so much the boil, the boilers manufacturers can make, um, make some, most of them make heat pumps anyway, or they belong to large groups that make heat pumps. The, the gas network industry is an industry that could become kind of obsolete. So they're obviously looking for, a, you know, they're not going to go, all right, you know, we're going to give up what we do. But they're and not I, the only, the, the carbon dioxide is, and, you know, that's, they, they are getting demonised a bit, I would have to agree. And uh, so, yeah, I'll apologise to people because I don't want it to get all horrible. And, and I am seeing that lately. And, I, you know, I, 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 I'll admit, you know, some of my tweets have been a little bit sarcastic. And I don't know, but like, it's social media, Adam. It's so, social media is such a weird thing, isn't it? I mean, we're, yeah. we're all, I mean, there's part of my brain saying, Nathan, do you really need to be on social media so much? And then there's another part of my brain saying, Nathan, you live in the future. This is where well, we're at now. And it is doing good things because I'm connected to so many so many fascinating people now. I mean, how, how the hell would that have ever happened? That is so true. And I, I actually, I, so I've said this uh, a few times. I, I don't think um, mentally we were ready for this much change this quickly. Uh, we, we've not been practiced in how to integrate and socialize in social media. What the, I mean, the early days of Facebook, God, that was loads of bullying and like, especially in our industry, it's horrific. I mean, it's actually feeling non-existent now. Again, there's been a journey where people have had to learn this new tool uh, and you still get people that are just joining social media now and think, you know, trying to be a grunt and a bully online because they think that it makes them the coolest in the class. But it doesn't last long now. Um, uh, society's finally catching up and giving a bit of um, recourse for people who are acting, you know. Uh, right, well, I suppose I suppose I should bring it back into our topic of MCS. So, you're, so I suppose to, as, a, as a final sort of end note, um, you're quite positive and you should sort of, you would personally sort of say to or suggest to sole traders, you know, if they're enthusiastic about this, to have a go, have a go. And, and the initial bit might be a bit time consuming. They've got to go through and read a lot of, bit of, uh, a lot of sort of gumph. But the, end, the outcome is, is quite rewarding and uh, you'd encourage them to do it, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the application process is a nightmare. Um, there's no two ways about it. I kind of like that though, because once you're through that, you're in, you're, like I said earlier on, you're in the boys club. You get to charge premium prices and give a premium service. Um, at the upkeep, it's not the nightmare that um, it's purported to be. Um, the upkeep and the, the actual conforming as you go along is, um, is stuff we should be doing anyway. Heat losses, uh, yield projections, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, 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 I regret not doing it earlier is my um, overall statement from uh, going through the process. Oh. How's your, um, how's your uh, showroom coming on? Because obviously you're building oh, a showroom. It, I mean, it was very empty for a lot. We've got a little sh uh, solar PV porch out the front and some solar panels on the south roof and some batteries in. We got those about six months ago. So it's, it's only been that for a very long time. And yesterday we had delivered a hydrogen fuel cell, um, a heat pump, um, and some, uh, some solar thermal uh, demonstration tubes, uh, all from Wiesman, which was a very nice surprise indeed. So yeah, we've got um, uh, quite a cool little showroom now, um, and then we're actually getting a valent aerotherm delivered, uh, should be today or tomorrow. So um, yeah, exciting times for us. Some fantastic technology there. So uh, I'll have a little chat with um, yeah, I'll, so Wiesman I'll, have given you some solar thermal stuff, brilliant. 
Brilliant. Love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, just, just worth noting, uh, installers are more than welcome to stop by and have a chat and stuff like that. It's um, uh, as well as customers, obviously. So yeah, feel free. We're in Mitchett. Feel free to stop by and um, have a look if you want to have a look. Fantastic, Adam. It's always a, always a pleasure to, to talk to you and see what you're up to. And it's, it's, it's been interesting to hear your journey through the MCS process. And um, hopefully lots more sort of smaller engineers get involved because because there are some fantastic ones out there, isn't there? I mean, you see them exactly. all. And the more people we get doing it, especially on our level, the individual engineers, we can share our journeys and explain, uh, maybe figure out ways of doing things a bit easier together. You know, we need more people in the gang, uh, individual people, not, not the bigger firms as much. Yeah, and it's, uh, and it's kind of, I'm not going to talk too much. People sometimes, <laughs> someone contacted me the other day and said, Nathan, why are you keeping your platform a mystery? And it's not a mystery. I'm telling people, obviously, lots of people about my platform exists, but trust me, I've been in this game long enough to know as soon as you come up with a good idea in this industry, it gets <laughs> pounced upon and nicked. And the classic yeah. case of that is obviously um, uh, Chris Aidy. And for those that you don't know, Chris Aidy is a wonderful, wonderful story of entrepreneurship. So Chris Aidy was a, was a person that worked for British Gas as a gas engineer. He noticed that uh, corrosion in, in, in radiators and pipes uh, was was magnetic, you know, magnetite will stick to metal. So he came up with the idea, why don't we put a, a magnet in sort of a filter and put it on the system to collect all this uh, magnetic stuff. He went to Fernox, who were the leading company at the time for corrosion prevention. They basically looked and said, we aren't gonna get involved in that. So, you know, he went out and did it all on his own and, and created this massive company. AD is a very, very big company now within our sector. And what happened was all the other companies saw, saw that and thought, we're missing out here. I think there's over 40 different uh, companies that are involved in the manufacture of a, a magnetic uh, filter, uh, OEM, OEM products and stuff like this. Now, don't get me wrong. It's the most overrated product in our industry, <laughs> right? Great entrepreneurial story. It has a, has a place, but you know, how many cars do you know or car manufacturers go on and on and on and on about their oil filters? Um, it's a filter. Get over it. Uh, <laughs> the problem with the filter is it doesn't stop corrosion. You know, there's loads of things we should have been doing. Like you, you, you mentioned in your in your last episode, how we reduced temperature by even like ten degrees. We half corrosion rates. Yeah. So we, we would have been designing low temp systems, which all our condensing boilers should have been designed for. Um, deration devices. You should have a deration device on your system. But no, the marketing people thought, oh, these magnets are selling. We're all going to jump on it. Um, and it's that's curing, what, curing the symptom, not the cause, isn't it? And it comes down to mar and this marketing thing is interesting with industry because obviously things like with the white good industry, if you're a marketer at a bridge or on the TV people marketing on TV, with our industry where marketing really got into it, there was lots and lots of things. It wasn't just the board; it was low, it's a system. So what the marketers realised was, well, this, this is selling well. This right, whether it's a radio or a component on the system, and what it became a heterogeneous mess what no one started to think of a heating system as a system anymore it all became about individual components obviously especially the board especially when combi came out and hopefully any marketing people listening to this will realize you know you have to change your tactic a little bit it's not about features and benefits anymore i think it's about purpose and one of the best ways you yeah. can market yourself is, is, is getting on board and providing good training resources because your engineers will love you for it um I think that's the way to go. All right. Well, that's a wonderful, wonderful episode. Adam, thank you ever so much. I will, I will press stop on this and then you and I can have another chat uh, about when we can meet up and stuff. So to my listeners, uh, thank you very much for listening. Please uh, like it. If I think it's iTunes or, or the Apple podcast. You can like and rate it. And thank you ever so much to the people that have done that. I've noticed someone contacted me the other day and said there's some people that have done that. So, Thank you, and I'm, I'm, I might try and name some of you. I don't know if you can, but uh, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you.